Welcome to Backlog Books. My name is Kara. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I have been reading lately. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. Let's just dive right in. This time, we are talking about The Sleeper and the Spindle by Neil Gaiman and Chris Riddell. This book was published in 2014. My copy has 66 pages, and I read it in May of 2021. Our author, Neil Gaiman, was born in 1960. He's written many books, comics, and TV scripts. Several of his books have also been turned into movies or TV shows, including American Gods and Coraline. Our illustrator, Chris Riddell, was born in 1962. He writes and illustrates books and is a political cartoonist. He was appointed the UK's Children's Laureate from 2015 to 2017. He has illustrated several of Gaiman's books, including Coraline, The Graveyard Book, and Neverwhere. Here is the summary of The Sleeper and the Spindle. On the eve of her wedding, a young queen sets out to rescue a princess from an enchantment. She casts aside her fine wedding clothes, takes her chain mail and her sword, and follows her brave dwarf retainers into the tunnels under the mountain towards the Sleeping Kingdom. This queen will decide her own future, and the princess who needs rescuing is not quite what she seems. There is an inherent level of difficulty to overcome when one seeks to describe art. One of the benefits of doing a purely audio-based format is that usually what I'm talking about is words. A picture, after all, is worth a thousand words. Or rather, you can easily spend a thousand words trying to describe a picture, but until you see it for yourself, there's still something missing. Or maybe missing is the wrong way to think about it. I would compare describing pictures to a reader's experience. You and I can read the same book and come out of it with a very different idea of what the characters and scenes looked like. This is part of why movies based on books can sometimes be massive disappointments. There is always someone whose mental image is different and seeing an altered version is jarring. I hope, then, you understand why I won't be describing much of the art in this illustrated short story. Perhaps it's a little silly to talk about an illustrated short story and not talk about the art very much, but I do really enjoy this book and I want to share it as much as I can. I tend to read graphic novels and comics very quickly. It's not that the art isn't worth attention, I'm usually just focused on the words. But Riddell's art in The Sleeper and the Spindle is lovely to sit and stare at. I spent a good amount of time picking out details and admiring his art. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to see some examples. Some of Riddell's influences include John Tenniel, the illustrator for Alice in Wonderland, and E. H. Shepard, the illustrator for Winnie the Pooh. The art in this book is all clean line drawings, black and white, 
except for the golden metallic highlights, which remind me of gold leaf. If you've never heard of gold leaf or gilding works of art, I highly recommend looking into it. It's very cool. I put a link to the Wikipedia page on it in the show notes as well. Basically, gold leafing is when you have thin sheets of gold laid over a surface, and it's often seen with religious icons and jewelry, and it can be done to book pages as well. And if you've ever seen illuminated manuscripts, chances are good that you have seen gold leaf. And now for the story itself. The Sleeper and the Spindle is a fairy tale. As I may have mentioned a few times now, I love retellings and reimaginings of fairy tales and myths. Like East and Uprooted and Percy Jackson, this book builds on an existing canon of stories one most readers are familiar with. The characters and the shape of the story may be familiar, but this is a fairy tale that will not begin with Once Upon a Time, nor will it end with Happily Ever After. That's seldom the way that Gaiman writes. One of the benefits of rewriting fairy tales is getting to choose what you like out of it and change what you didn't like or what you think could be done better. Our story begins with an enchantment taking over a neighboring kingdom, a plague of sleep. It is quickly approaching the borders. Three dwarves bring this news to the queen. Names will be in short supply in this tale. The queen is preparing for her wedding because it is what she must do. This should be her happily ever after, all the stories say so, but to her it feels like the end of her story. And isn't it? Not that marriage is the end of one's life, but happily ever after, wraps up the tale, leaves the queen with no more choices to make, ties the story and all the characters in a neat ribbon to be presented to the reader as complete. Haven't we all read happily ever after and closed the book contented, never considering how the characters feel once the page has closed on them? The queen delays her wedding and leaves with the dwarves to find the source of the sleeping enchantment plaguing her neighbors. Rumor has it that the enchantment began in a castle when a princess pricked her finger on a cursed spindle and fell into an enchanted sleep. The queen walks without fear into the sleep-enchanted country. Long ago, she spent a year in an enchanted sleep, so she is resistant to this magic. The dwarves who are her traveling companions are magical themselves and do not fear the enchantment. Together they seek to break the curse before the enchantment can spread to the queen's country, and they hope maybe to destroy the person who made the curse. The queen knows from personal experience how dangerous an enchanter with this kind of power can be. The queen and her dwarves travel through the sleeping country, passing people and animals asleep, frozen in the middle of their days. Aside from the travelers, the only creatures still awake are the spiders, who spin their webs slowly over the sleepers. Days of travel bring the queen to the castle, which is overgrown with roses. 
they fight their way through the unchecked masses of brambles passing the bodies of all the knights and heroes who have tried this in the past if there is a princess in danger heroes will be drawn to attempt her rescue none made it inside their bones hang as warnings to anyone thinking to succeed where so many have failed but of course everyone is the hero of their own story they must believe they had a chance of success it's not very heroic to turn back when there is danger it's smart but it's not heroic the queen makes it through where so many others have failed inside the castle they find there is one person who is not asleep an old woman who looms over the sleeping form of a beautiful young woman in another story the wizened crone who haunts the sleep enchanted castle would be the evil witch to be defeated the queen however knows better than to judge based on appearance her own stepmother was fair in face but evil at heart a second look reveals the old woman is also under a spell just a different one the beautiful young sleeper rests a spindle on the floor by her bed seemingly the same spindle that began this whole curse business now this book does make a point of subverting and changing some tropes some expectations such as having the queen instead of a knight be the rescuer and for the crone to not be an evil enchantress but you don't have to discard every trope we all know there's only one way to wake someone under an enchantment of sleep the queen kisses the young woman who wakes and thanks them for their help outside the enchantment continues sleep still keeping its stranglehold on the land waking the princess should have broken the curse the queen looks into the girl's eyes and recognizes one like her stepmother fair in face and evil at heart but if this young woman is the witch then where is the princess she's there of course she is the crone unable to sleep growing old while trapped in a castle filled with sleeping people and animals the girl the enchantress who set the spell offers the queen the opportunity to serve her to rule over continents the enchantress is powerful and her power grows with each sleeper she captures making a deal with her would be the smart move the queen isn't interested she knows from her past experience with her stepmother just how an enchantress wants to be worshipped and adored all while ruling over people as a tyrant besides the queen doesn't want to rule continents together the crone and the queen take down the enchantress and once she is defeated the enchantment breaks the rest of the sleepers awaken and gather confused at the state of the castle and the land they brush away the cobwebs of sleep and the years that have passed the queen takes her dwarves and leaves before anyone can ask who she is she did what had to be done out of duty and responsibility not for any hope of reward and now she must go home 
back to where all her choices are already made, back to the end of her story. But at the end of this story, the queen continues her journey, not back to her waiting kingdom and wedding, but beyond into the strange, wild world. She does not know if her story will end happily ever after, but that's not what matters. She would rather have the uncertainty of the journey than the certainty of an end. My final word on The Sleeper and the Spindle, this is a fun short story and the illustrations are really beautiful. I think it's a good balance of taking what you like from fairy tales and playing with the rest, changing it to see what you can create from the frame of something else. If you want more media like this, there are so many fairy tale retellings. Try Beauty by Robin McKinley. Actually, I just recommend all of Robin McKinley's books. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Join me next time for something a little different as I talk about Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast. Comments, questions, you can email me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending just a little time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.